Well, good morning. Good to be with you this morning. If this is your first time, welcome. If your first time online, welcome. We're glad you're with us this morning. Um, <clears throat> what a treasure we have in God's Word, don't we? Uh, we were singing worship coming out of the Psalms. And uh, we're going to spend some time this morning in the Psalms uh, as we look at um, the, the third letter of hope to pray. Um, but I'd, I'd like to ask Kelly if you could come on up and read our main passage for us this morning. Psalm 66. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are thy, your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you, sing praises to you. They sing praises to your name, Shelah. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds towards the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. They did rejoice there. They did rejoice in him who rules by his might forever. Those whose eyes keep watch on the nations, let not the rebellious exalt themselves, Shilah. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. Who has kept your soul from among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, God, have tested us. You have tried us as a silver is tried. You have brought us into the net you laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire, through water, yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. I will come to your house with burnt offerings. I will perform my vows to you, that which my lips uttered, my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I offer to you burnt offerings of fattened animals, with the smoke of sacrifices of rams, I will make an offering of bulls and goats, Shelah. Come and hear all who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and high praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened, but truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God. He has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. Father, I just praise you for you are the king of the universe, the Lord God of heaven and earth. You are the God of the living and not the dead. You are a living hope. And Lord, the, tur the curtain was torn from heaven to earth, top to bottom, when you died and said it is finished so we could talk to you right here, right now. And we ask for your anointing, Lord, on your servants as they minister your word and on us as we listen. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and willing hearts to carry out those things you would have us do this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kelly. Well, we've covered the first two letters of hope already. This is 
become a tradition for us at Hope Church the first month of the year to uh, go through this acronym. The acronym's not special. It's the things that it points at that are special. Um, and just thank you very much, Al and, and Mike, uh, who's in California right now, probably going to be watching online later, um, for bringing, bringing uh, the Word of God concerning what it is to hear with faith, right? To, to hear God's Word. That's an important part of an abiding relationship with God is to be hearing His voice, trusting it when God speaks through His Word um, and in other ways to be trusting His Word in our lives. And then not just to sit there and do nothing, but the letter O is to obey, right? To, to trust God, to obey in faith, to say, God, I'd, your ways are greater than my ways. I'm going to follow you. I want to do uh, what you're directing me to do, your purpose in my life. Um, and then we come to the letter P. What is it uh, to pray? And a very important part of an abiding, intimate relationship with God is our prayer. Um, how would you rate your own prayer life? Prayer is probably one of the greatest struggles, I think. I've, I've been a Christian since I was a kid. And uh, when churches would hold prayer meetings, those are usually the smallest attended meetings, right? That's just normal. Um, to, to spend time in prayer, not just time in prayer, but continually time in prayer, uh, is a labor. It, it's work. And, um, and there's a lot of reasons why prayer sometimes gets pushed to the end of the things that we think is important to do. But how is your prayer life? This is vitally important. We're going to see. Hopefully you'll be challenged. doesn't matter if, if you're a new Christian or someone who hasn't had much of a prayer life or someone we have many in our church that have deep, intimate prayer lives. Um, and I, I think that's part of how God has sustained us as a church. Um, not just part of. I think that's essential to why Hope Church still exists four years later from the beginning. is because of those who have continued to go to the throne in prayer on behalf of Hope Church and those who are in it. Do you know what prayer is about? Do you know how to pray? Do you know why we pray? Right? What is it about? Well, hopefully we'll get a picture of what prayer is about this morning. Psalm 66 that Kelly just read um, is a psalm, a song, um, expressing worship and joy for answered prayer. That, that's, what, that's what's going on there. It's looking back to, to what they came through and looking, God has answered our prayer. Come and see. Look at what God has done. God has answered our prayer. That's how it ends. If I go to the end of verse 19, but truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. Describing, it begins with worship and it describes the, the difficulties they came through. But God has answered my prayer. 
Um, verse 19, truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Anytime the Bible talks about God hearing us, right? It's not like God's deaf and sometimes he doesn't hear us. But, but hearing and attending to uh, our prayer is, is equated with God acting on that. When God responds, when, when our prayer then uh, uh, elicits a, a response from God, that's when the Bible talks about God has heard my prayer. He has answered. He's responded to it. We see prayer throughout Scripture. Lots of prayer in the book of Psalms. But, but I can go throughout Scripture and see <coughs> examples of prayer. Uh, Hezekiah was a king of Judah. And uh, there was this time when Assyria was coming in. Actually, God had called for Assyria to come in. Judging, right? Assyria had already destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel, and there was just Judah left. And if we go back to Isaiah chapter 7, um, that's where God's prophesying. I'm going to whistle for Assyria, right? It's like the, only God can do that for a world power like Assyria at the time to say, here, I'm going to bring Assyria in as judgment on you, right? And so now here's King Hezekiah later. Back when God said that, that was King Ahaz was, was over Judah. Now, now um, Hezekiah is king of Judah and Assyria is at the door, right? And he gets this letter uh, delivered by a messenger uh, from the Assyrians with threats of what they're going to do. Well, we see Hezekiah's response in Isaiah chapter 37. I might even have it. Isaiah chapter 37. Right at the beginning... Verse 1. Oh, no, not verse 1. I can get my place here. Isaiah 37, verse 14. All right. He gets the letter. Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord. That's the temple, right? And spread it before the Lord. The letter. Here, Lord. And Hezekiah prayed. To the Lord. And here, here's an example prayer. This is a pretty desperate situation, right? Not only is surrounded by armies, these are armies God has sent to destroy you in judgment. Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim. You are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see and hear all the words uh, of Sennacherib, uh, that's, the, that's the, the king of Assyria, which he has sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste all the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire, for, their, <clears throat> for they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone, therefore they were destroyed. So now, O Lord our God, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone are the Lord. Then Isaiah, God's prophet, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Because you have prayed to me concerning Sennacherib, king of Assyria, 
This is the word the Lord has spoken concerning him. And then there's a long word from the Lord, followed by God acting, the angel of the Lord going and destroying 185,000, right, of the Assyrians and turning the Assyrians back. Why did God, who had brought the Assyrians to destroy Israel, go then and turn them back? Because you have prayed. That's why. Because King Hezekiah, receiving that letter, went into the house of the Lord and prayed. He laid it before the Lord and prayed, and God heard his prayer. And then we get into the very next chapter in Isaiah. In those days, chapter 38, verse 1, in those days Hezekiah became sick, was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die, you shall not recover. If God told you that, <laughs> oh, what am I going to do? Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, and what did he do? He prayed. He prayed to the Lord and said, Please, O oh Lord, remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. What happens when God hears our prayer? That's that he's going to act, right? That's what it means. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add 15 years to your life. Only God can do that. I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you and the city out of the hand of the king of Assyria and will defend this city. Because why? You prayed. Because you prayed. We need to understand what we have in prayer. And in the Bible, there's this sequence. If you pray, then God acts. He'll change how he acts, what he does or what he won't do. Here, here's... The first point in the notes, if you have the notes, there's fill in the blanks. Um, here's the first one. Prayer changes how God acts. That's what we saw right there with King Hezekiah. If we look back a little further in time from King Hezekiah, we go all the way back to when that temple was built that King Hezekiah went into to go pray, Right? King Solomon was given the instructions. He built the temple. The temple was to be a place for God to dwell among his people. And what happened is they finished building the temple, and then Solomon prayed a prayer of dedication over the temple. It's a great prayer to go, uh, to go look up and, and uh, see what he prayed. And, and the basic gist of the prayer was first, God, remember your promise to my father David concerning this temple, right? And, and, then, and then recognizing, God, you are God who not, not even the heavens can contain you, right? 
and, and much less this house that I've built. <laughs> but God, would you keep your eyes open continuously towards this place, your ears attentive to this place, so that you would hear my prayer in this place. And then he continues, and he goes on and on. It's not, not just my prayer, but, but even those who are around this temple, if they, if they pray towards this temple, that you would hear them. And, and when they have sinned, and when, and when you've brought pestilence and enemies against us, that, that if they would turn towards this place, you would hear their prayers. That was his prayer. And, said, and even those Gentiles, those from around, around the world that aren't Jews even, that if they would come and they would pray towards this place, stretching out hands towards this place, that you would hear them too. And then he continues even further. If, if, if someday we are exiled to another land and we would pray towards this place, that you would hear our prayer. And that's what we see. And when, when Israel later is exiled in, in, into Babylon, well, what does Daniel do three times a day? He, he bows and prays towards Jerusalem. That was Solomon's prayer. And then it's amazing to read what happened. Then, then the glory of the Lord, the priest couldn't even enter the temple because the glory of the Lord and fire came down and filled the temple, right? Presence of God was there. God dwelling among his people. And, the, and at the center of the temple is the Holy of Holies. That's where God's presence was. And no one could go in there except once a year, high priest would go in. And, and if he didn't do everything right, he'd probably die because you can't just be in the presence of God uh, like that unless you're clean. Well, then that night, after they celebrated and everything, God comes to Solomon and talks to him and says, I've answered your prayer. Right? That, that was the prayer, that, that long prayer, that this would be a place where people would be heard by God, that the prayers would be heard and answered by God. He says, I've heard your prayer. But he doesn't say, I've chosen this place as a house of prayer. He calls it a house of prayer later, but here he says, I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Why? For us to be heard by God, for us to come near God, to be, be able to pray and, and have God hear us and respond, we have to deal with our sin, right? We have to be clean before God. We're, we're rebellious against God in our hearts, and He won't hear. His face is against the evil and unrighteous. And so it had to be a place of sacrifice for people to be able to approach God, and, and that's the significance of that temple is it's a place where we can approach God and, and to pray and to be heard. It's a house of prayer. Gentiles could come and offer burnt offering, sacrifice for sin, and they couldn't go into the Holy of Holies, but their prayers could be heard as they prayed toward that place. So God told Solomon, I've heard your prayer. I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. And, and in the future, when there is famine because of your sin as a people, when, when I sin locusts or there's enemies against you, right? When any of that happens, then what? And this is a verse that's well known, Second Chronicles 7.14. God says, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, 
Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. This is what that's all about. This is that process. If you seek me, if you pray, then I will act. Right? That's what prayer is. Prayer changes how God acts. God responds to prayer. He relents. He, he, he answers. He acts when we pray. If you pray, then. Jesus said in Luke <clears throat> chapter 11, if I tell you, ask, and it will be given. Right? There's a process. Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be open to you. There's, there's this problem. If you don't, right? The opposite is true. In, J- in James 4, uh, chapter 4, it says, you don't have why, because you don't ask. Right? If we pray and God hears us, then he acts. If we don't pray, he won't act. Prayer changes how God acts. It's important to understand as we understand why prayer is important. Why don't we pray? I think a huge part of why we don't pray is we don't think it's going to make a difference. Some of that is we just don't see prayer for what it is. Right? Prayer is not some magic tool that now I can go and and get what I want, right? I, I can just use this to, or some incantation that, that, that I now have this ability to, to create something or to change something with my prayer. What is prayer? It's, it's talking to God. <laughs> it's asking God who can do something to do something, right? If my prayer is, Good morning, Lord. Thank you for the breakfast. Or, oh, someone has a prayer request. Okay, I better pray for it. Do the thing. Okay, I pray. Da, 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 pray. Done. Okay? What kind of a conversation is that? You're praying to a person. Right? And the person who's able to change stuff is, the, is God. Why is prayer powerful? It's not prayer itself that's powerful. It's the fact that you have, by God's provision, entered into the presence of God to be heard. Do we have to go find the temple? The temple doesn't exist anymore. If you go over there, it's flat. The temple mount, the place where the temple was, is no longer there. In 70 AD, it was destroyed. Something Kelly mentioned in his prayer after he read this morning. When Jesus died, the curtain was torn from top to bottom. That was the curtain that was covering the Holy of Holies at the center of the temple. And the significance of the curtain being torn was that what Jesus had provided on the cross was the perfect sacrifice. You didn't have to have animal sacrifice anymore. Jesus said, this is a house of sacrifice. You don't need a house of sacrifice because his son now has provided the perfect sacrifice so that through the blood of Christ, we can now boldly enter into the very center, the the holy of holies, not 
here on this earth, but when we pray to God through the provision of Jesus Christ, we're entering into a heavenly place where Jesus is there at the right hand of God on our behalf. We are heard by God. You see how significant that is? Before the temple, the people of the world had no way to approach God. Then the temple was there, and now there was a place. And and according to Solomon's prayer, you could even be exiled to a far land, but just face towards that temple, and God might hear your prayer. Now, God can hear anybody's prayer anytime he wants. He's sovereign. He's the one who can decide. But how do I enter into his presence to be heard? We enter in by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how it happens now. And the Bible describes us, this vessel, because the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ has now cleansed my life, forgiven me of sin. As I declare him as Lord, he declares me as God's child. This vessel, this body, God calls a temple. I don't have to go anywhere to be heard by God. You realize what we have in prayer? At any moment, I don't even have to close my eyes. I don't even have to speak with my mouth. I can be heard by God. Treasure that and use it. Pray. And don't make the mistake of thinking, okay, I've got the formula now. I can make God do what I want. No, God's God's free to do whatever he wants, but realize when you pray, you're talking to God. So we have the second point in the notes. Prayer is personal. It is me, a finite, imperfect, broken human being, saved by the grace of God in Jesus Christ, going before the almighty, eternal creator, Of all things, God asking him to do something. It's personal. It's all of me, all of my circumstance, all of my failures, all of the the things that weigh on my heart, all of the things that I know or don't know. All of my strengths, all of my weaknesses, everything, all of that before all of him. Asking God to act. In prayer, we're relating to a person. A person who knows us better than we know ourselves. You can't, like maybe you can go to your earthly father or mother and like, like manipulate and trick them a little bit. Not with God. He knows you better than you know yourself. There's no pretense when we go before God. It's the most honest conversation we can have. Sometimes we're not being honest, and usually we're not being honest with ourselves when we're not being honest with God. Back in Psalm 66, it's talking about how God has brought them through. We're just going to really focus on the end of Psalm 66 here. Verse 16 says, Come and hear all who fear God. And I will tell you what he has done for my soul. You know, when God acts, 
the result is something where you can say the same thing. It's not just he, he helped my family, he, he provided a job. It's like, no, let me tell you what God has done for my soul. That's how he responds to us. It says in verse 17, I cried to him with my mouth. Have you ever cried out to God? The Psalms are full of prayers. I mean, Psalms are, are songs, but, and, and Psalm 66 is more written, you know, directed towards other people. Come and see, all, all who fear the Lord, look, look what God has done for my soul. But other Psalms are directed towards God. Oh, God, help. Kind of like King Hezekiah. Where did King Hezekiah go with his request, by the way? As armies were surrounding them, the judgment of the Lord, he went into the temple. What was Solomon's prayer? If in those times when your judgment is coming upon us, if we come here and pray, God, I pray that you would hear our prayer. And God answered Solomon's prayer even as he was answering King Hezekiah's prayer. Do we cry out to God? There's examples of crying out to God throughout the psalm. Sometimes uh, you can find um, favorite psalms because they, they match circumstances that you've been through. Um, the, the hope group that has the more experienced folks in our church, right? They've been through more life than the rest of us. Uh, they went through the book of psalms. I wish I could have been there for some of that. I heard some reports of what that was like because so many people within that small group had been through things and, those, and said, well, this psalm meant so much to me when I went through this, right? Because the psalms, many of them are just, it's, it's someone crying out to God in the midst of a circumstance. Um, here's some examples. Psalm 42, crying out. Why? <laughs> Has that ever been your cry? Why, oh God, have you forgotten me. It's, 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 relating, it's a personal relationship. When I cry out to God, it's not like I've got to be perfect in my requests. I'm being extremely honest. Why, God? Have you forgotten me? Psalm 43, vindicate me. Yet there's people lying against me. They're slandering against me. Oh, God, why have you rejected me? Now, the psalmist didn't believe God had rejected him, but that's what he felt. I know he didn't believe that because then you keep reading. Or Psalm 51, when Nathan had confronted King David, he had committed adultery with a wife, uh, with, with Bathsheba, right? And then, then killed her husband, right? Adultery and murder. That's the context of Psalm 51. He says, have mercy on me, O God. He's crying out to God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And he goes on. He's crying out to God. God, I have failed you. Tell him your heart. <laughs> Cleanse me, God. Have you ever been in that place where you're like, God, I'm not worthy of you, 
How can I even be called a believer? Maybe you've been doubting your salvation. God, cleanse me. Wash me clean. Or Psalm 69, where, where there's awareness of sin, but also the, what comes with that is those who now pointing fingers, you know, the reproach and the dishonor and the blame, false accusation even that comes with that. Look at you who have fallen. Look how bad you are. And then the crying out, God, help. Or Psalm 60, the people of God in battle, and it's obvious God has turned against them. Right? The, the enemy is winning. And then they're calling out, God, why have you rejected us? God, help. Psalm 56 and 57. There's real physical danger. David, in, in, one, in one case, he's been captured by the Philistines in, in Psalm 56. Or in Psalm 57, he's in a cave fleeing from Saul, crying out to God. Or how about Psalm 54 and 55, dealing with betrayal? Psalm 54, David had, had found a safe haven within a city, and then he finds out that the people in the city had let his enemies know where he's at. And now he's crying out to God. Or even worse, Psalm 55. He said, if it was a betrayal by enemy, I could take it. But the betrayal is of a close friend. Crying out to God. Back in Psalms. But then it also says, and high praise was on my tongue. See, when I meet with God, it's all of me, all of my situation, all of my worries, just being as real as real gets with God. I know you're faithful, but I didn't feel like it. God, where are you? Have you abandoned me, right? It's just, it's all of me, but it's all of me relating to all of him. And so high praise, if you, if you read the Psalms right alongside crying out to God, why have you forsaken me, is just declaring who he is and his faithfulness and his goodness and his mercy and his love because it's all of me relating to all of him when I am honest and in prayer with God. High praise was on my lips Another Psalm, 59, when <laughs> David's crying out because Saul, King Saul, sent men to watch his house in order to kill him, right? And so he's crying out to God. And at the beginning of the Psalm, it's, it's what you expect. Psalm 59, I've got it right here. Turn back just one. Starts, deliver me from my enemies, O God. Protect me from those who rise up against me. Delivery, deliver me from those who work evil and save me from bloodthirsty men. He's crying out to God, but how does the psalm end? If I go to the end of Psalm 59, verse 16, but I will sing of your strength, he says. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning, for you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. O oh, my strength, I will sing praises to you, for you, O God, are my fortress, the God who shows me steadfast love. Even as he's crying out to God, he's recognizing God for who he is. Or how about Psalm 63? It says, you know, the subtitle says, when David was in the wilderness of Judah. This could have been 
when he was fleeing from Saul, or it could have been later in life when he was fleeing from his own son, Absalom. Right? I think likely more for some reasons why it could be uh, fleeing from Absalom. But, but regardless, he's in the wilderness. And what would you expect in the cry? God save me. God deliver me, right? That's not what his cry is. I love the cry of Psalm 63. Um, the whole of six, Psalm 63 is, oh God, do I have it here? Yes. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I want you, God. That's what he's saying. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. What is his cry? His cry is, I need you, God. See, the, relating to God is, is it's all of me relating to all of him. And sometimes what happens is even in the midst of difficulty, we lose sight of even the difficulty itself. Is God, what I need is you. I need more of you. All of you. And I will just lift up my hands in praise to you, God. Prayer is personal. It's all of me relating to all of him. Not a magic formula. I think that's part of when we say, you know, I don't think, I don't believe in my heart prayer is going to make a difference. It's because, you know, I, I tried it once. I prayed and nothing happened as if the prayer itself was going to do something. No, God is going to do something. And, and when I go before the Almighty God, there's a respect there. Uh, I don't just do a drive-by prayer. Uh, God, I need this. And I'm on my way. I almost picture God. What was that? <laughs> Prayer was so short, I didn't catch it. What does God encourage us to do in prayer? Continue. Continue. Fasting in prayer. What, what is that doing? It's, it's showing by our actions uh, this finite, tiny human being going before the Almighty God. God, I see you as the only resource to answer this prayer. God, I need you. I need your help. And so there's time in prayer. There's petition in prayer. There's repetition in prayer. Jesus gives one example. Here's how you should pray. But like a lady who wants something from, from this guy, and he, she won't keep asking until he's tired of hearing her. Say, okay, you can have what you want. That's how you should pray. That's what Jesus told us. Petition. Heartfelt. It's, it's a, a relationship with God that has been provided through Jesus Christ. If I just, let's test this. God, I'd like this. And I go on my way. No, I don't expect you would get anything. Maybe you will. Now, does that mean we can't pray in short? Absolutely, we can pray. Sometimes there's just a moment. You're about to talk to somebody. You realize, God, I need your help. And just this quick prayer in my hand, God, I'm depending on you. That's, that's that continuous prayer. I'm always talking to God. But realize it's personal. It's me and you interacting with the Almighty God. And he can choose of his own free will 
if he's going to answer or not. Now, he's given us guidance in his word of what he will listen to, right? Continuing back in, in Psalm 66, verse 17, I cried to him with my mouth, and high praise was on my tongue. Then verse 18, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. If I cherished iniquity, does that mean I have to be perfect in order for God to hear me? That's not what it's saying there. The, the, the sense of that is if, if the direction of my request was towards things that are not pleasing to God, Right? If, if what, what's behind my request are things that, that God doesn't like, he wouldn't have answered. And we see that but in, in um, James chapter 4 where it said you don't have because you don't ask. Then it says in verse 3, you ask and don't receive. Why? Because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. Right? That, that's... The same, the same idea there in Psalm 66. If I cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. I'm, I'm only asking for my own purposes. I, I'm, the things that I really want behind that request are not honoring to God. It's not obedient to God. It's, all of this comes from a place of hearing what God wants, being obedient to what God wants, so that then the desires of my heart and the requests of my prayer are things coming from a place that are honoring to God. And then he hears our prayers. Psalm 66 continues. Verse 19, but truly God has listened. Oh, the glory of that. God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. That's the blessing of one who is walking in faith, who has asked of God and God has answered. What about when God doesn't answer? You know, sometimes his answer is no, right? You know whose company you're in? Jesus asked three times, take this cup from me. But what did he include with that request? What, what did Jesus desire more than the suffering of the cross being removed from him? What, his, what was in his heart, because he was perfect in faith, he was perfect in obedience, what he wanted was perfect. And so along with that request, but not my will, your will be done. He valued the will of the Father above his own. Three times he asked. And then he knew the answer. You're also in the company of Paul. Paul was given a thorn in his side. He doesn't describe exactly what that was, I think, so that we can all relate. A thorn in his side could be a person. It could be an illness. It could be a situation. It could be something with God. It, but three times it says, Paul said, God, you take this from me. And, and God's answer was, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul ended up praising God because this thorn in his side was helping his flesh to not be conceited. 
He could tell you, look what God has done for my soul through this thorn in my side that God has not removed. Or how about King David when he prayed and fasted that his son not die? God didn't answer. When his son did die, he got up and he praised the Lord. That's whose company you're in. But it's me interacting with an almighty God who is good. And when he answers no, my soul is better for it. I know it. Here's the last point. I'm not going to go into all the scripture on it. I gave you the second point, right? Okay. <laughs> First personal. Last point, we all need prayer. I'm not just saying this is what the Bible says. We all need prayer. If I go into the end of 1 John, in 1 John chapter 5, and, and it's talking about just how the incredible power of prayer, when, when we pray according to the will of God, that, that we have that prayer. Right? We have what we ask for. And then it immediately goes into an application of that. When we pray according to the will of God, it says, if you see your brother sinning, pray for them and they will receive life. And it has this weird thing about sin leading to death and sin lead, not leading to death and don't pray for the sin leading to death. Well, that's just sin in the life of a believer has been forgiven, but it's still... So it's not leading to death, right? But, but it's sin that still we struggle with. There's a process of sanctification. You know what? A big part of God's plan, the process of sanctification for us to be free from sin and have the enjoyment of the life that's in Christ is for others to pray for that sin according to the will of God and to God then to answer that prayer. That's why at the end of, um, the end of 1 Peter chapter, in chapter 5, in 1 Peter it's talking about prayer, and it says, invite the elders to come. Are you sick? Have the elders come and pray for you. Anointing your head with oil, all of that, it's expression of faith. It's us, finite beings before God, saying, we are petitioning you in prayer for you to answer. <laughs> and, and there it has it, what, what seems like an awkward passage. Confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. Why? Because God's plan for us to be free of sin, to be free of those things that are just broken within us, is to just let others in our life, those, sometimes you make sure you're careful, the trusted people, but just say, brother, sister, I struggle with this. This is a difficulty in my life. This is where I fall short. I need help. Pray for me. And realize what's happening there is God's plan for our sanctification. A huge part of it is that our brothers and sisters Go and talk to God personally and lift up their brother and sister and say, God, I'm asking for you to do what they can't. I'm asking for you to do what no one can. Only you, God, can free them from whatever that is, the sin, the, the addiction, the, the, the life pattern, whatever it is that's within them. You, God, can free them. 
That's God's plan. We all need prayer. When we do prayer, we can say, no, I'm good. That just means I'm not being open with all the things that really I need. I need your prayer, church. And you know what? I am so thankful for many of you who do pray for me and you tell me you're, you're praying for me. I, I pray for you. It's really hard as a pastor. I'm still getting better at organizing all the lists of names and everything, but I try to get through the list and pray for everybody. And it's not just a check the list thing. What are you doing? You're talking personally to God who can make a difference. And in faith, believing God, you can do this. And asking God to move and to act. And God has said, if, <laughs> if they'll pray, if they'll humble themselves, if they'll seek me, then I'll answer. I'll bring the healing. I will act. I will do according to their prayer. I want to take a little bit of time together, church, to pray. Um, we're pretty much out of time, but we won't take too much time. John, if you could come up. Give us some background. Let's bow our heads. The first thing, I just, there in your seat, quietly, in your own heart. Let's just echo David's words. A prayer of confession. God, anything in my heart, cleanse me, God. If there's anything you need to confess to the Lord, just to ask his forgiveness, to ask for him to cleanse you right now, just take some time to do that. God, we know from your word, your promise that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that accomplishes that, your sacrifice on the cross. So we thank you, God, that even though we might be wrapped up in just disgusting sin, God, the more that we see our sin the way you see it, it's disgusting. And we feel so just filthy because of it. And God, the truth that you can cleanse us is incredible. So God, we just thank you for your cleansing work by your blood that our sin is washed away. Now, if there's something on your heart that you need to cry out to God in, just quietly in your own prayer, Bring that before God. Let him know the cry of your heart.
God, thank you that through the provision of Christ, we can be heard. Lord, I pray that you hear our cries. All right, you can look up here. If right now you really feel like you could use prayer, I ask you to do something. Uh, if you're an introvert like me, it would be totally nerve-wracking. Can you just stand up? If you feel like you need prayer right now, just stand up. We're going to have people around you just pray. You don't need to share what it is you need prayer for. Now, if you have some... If, those of you who are around them, if you can just put a hand on them or just come around them and pray. Let's take some time to just pray for each other. Lord Jesus, I just thank you that you work through your body to encourage. You work through your body to be the presence, <laughs> the presence of Christ. God, I just pray that right now, you know the needs, you know the cry. God, that you would hear our prayers and answer. God, we lift up our brothers and sisters that are feeling right now especially now, a need for prayer, God. Lord, I pray that you'd visit, that your Holy Spirit would just allow them to feel your presence, your encouragement, your strength, your care, your comfort. What you have created among your church is a beautiful thing, God. Help us to be faithful in praying for each other, lifting each other up, knowing that our God hears us. And when he hears us, he acts and he answers. That's who you are, God. There's none like you. You're the creator of all things. And we know that when we come through the fire, when we come through the difficulty, that we'll be able to say, come and see those who fear the Lord, what our God has done for our soul. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's sing this song. There's not a lot of words in this song, but this should be a song of commitment. Commitment of what we're going to do. Pray for each other. Let's stand and sing. I'll pray for you, and you pray for me, and let's watch God change things. I'll pray for you. You pray for me And let's watch God change things And I'll pray for you And you pray for me And let's watch God change things And I'll pray 
pray for you and you pray for me and let's watch God change things and I'll pray for you and you pray for me and let's watch God change things for you you pray for me let's watch God change things I'll pray for you you pray for me let's watch God change things are we gonna do that church <laughs> yes Praise God. The last part of prayer, and let's just take some time as you, you can continue the song there. Let's just take time in our, in our hearts just to pray a prayer of thanksgiving to God. Just to worship Him, to declare His glory, to declare His praise. He's an as we say, I cried out to God, and on my lips, worship high praise towards Him. You can continue the song, and let's just take some time to pray as they're singing. I'll pray for you, you pray for me, and let's watch God change things. I'll pray for you, you pray for me. And let's watch God change things. Now pray for you. You pray for me. And let's watch God change things. Lord God, you are the only one who can bring about true change. True change that ministers to our soul. True change that results in freedom in life, freedom from sin, God, freedom from addiction, freedom from, from all of the things that our flesh would drag us down into, God, in you there is life, there is freedom, and so we just praise your name, we thank you, God, and it's in your holy name that we pray, Lord Jesus, amen. I love you, church, go in the Lord this week, and pray for each other. <laughs>